For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love Amen. Open your Bibles up with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 11. As we'll try to finish this chapter today, and Paul's writing to the church at Corinth trying to straighten some things out. You know, when you truly love somebody, when you truly love your child, you will try to set them straight. And it's not out of meanness or hatred, it's out of love. And I believe that is what Paul is doing here. He is telling them some things that they need to get right. And he is also some pointing out uh, there's been some false teachers, just as there are today, how to deal with that, what they should do. And so look with me now in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 11. The Bible says, I am become a fool in glorying. You have compelled me, for I ought to have been commended of you, for in nothing am I behind the very cheapest apostles, though I be nothing. Paul says, I feel like a fool with all this glory and I'm doing. I'm telling you all these things that have happened to me. And he talks about how he's been beaten and shipwrecked and thrown in prison and stoned. And he says, I'm a fool in glory. But he's just telling them what's happened to him in the service of the Lord. And we oftentimes measure our success, if you want to call it that, with the Lord, with our circumstances. Yes, I said that. Listen to what it says. Oftentimes we measure our success with God with the circumstances in our life. But your circumstances has nothing to do with your relationship with God. And a lot of the times, that if you really are right with God and you really are serving God, most of the time you are going to be in some difficult circumstances because the Bible tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. It is a spiritual battle. And so Paul's telling them here, he says, am I behind the very chiefest apostles, though I be nothing no, he is not. He is not behind any apostle. See, there were many gifts given back then to the apostles. And he talks about that in verse 12. Truly the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience. Those signs were, were meant to show that they were an apostle of God. And a lot of times they were miracles. And you know there's no way that a human being could do that on their own. Just like when Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead, when he healed people's blindness, you know that another man, there's no way that could happen. 
And so when these apostles, these apostles were doing these signs, that was showing people that they, there's no way that person's doing that. That's got to be God is in them working through them. And it's a sign. Truly the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience, in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. Now those are gone away with. So these uh, prosperity preachers or these men that go around and try to heal people, they're not doing anything except for ripping people off and leading people astray. That's all they're doing because those signs have been done away with. They were for a season in the Bible. And so careful going around or listening to people that say God want nothing but prosperity. God can heal you. Yes, God can heal you. There's no doubt. But if God's going to heal you, you're not going to have to go to some man that's rented out a building and pay a certain amount of money to order to see him to, to see some phony baloney. No, sir, no, ma'am. If God's going to heal you, he's going to do it so in a way that you know that it was God Almighty doing it. And so can God heal? Absolutely, he can heal. But in many times, as I've witnessed, even in my own life, God doesn't. He allows us to have that thorn in the flesh because that thorn in the flesh drives us to him and that's what god cares about a relationship with him he wants you close to him even if he has to allow something in your life that is extremely uncomfortable why because it will drive you to god many christians uh, use god as a spare tire they only pull him out in a real emergency other than that they're driving through life having all the fun they can do with all that they can and I'm not condemning those people because careful, I could be that way. You could be that way. We get so caught up in all these things that we want and we want to do or, or the things that we, I'm going to tell God what I'm going to do for him instead of listening to what God is telling me of what I should be doing for him. Amen. That's where we should be. And so Paul is, is telling them about the signs and the wonders in verse 13. For what is it wherein ye were inferior to other churches, except it be that I myself was not burdened to you, forgive me this wrong. Were they inferior to other churches? Paul says, no, you weren't. You definitely were not. They saw just as many miracles as any other church at Corinth. He said, I'm sorry if I'm a burden to you because I haven't taken any money from you because he was not going to take any money from them. He was making it a point that he would not take any funds from them because the false teachers were trying hard to mislead the believers at Corinth. And Paul was not going to allow them to use something like money to draw the people of God away because people are like sheep and the bible tells us that we're like sheep and all have gone astray and we are if you've ever set up a vent or, or people it's just like leading sheep when you open the door and if you have arrows they'll follow those arrows and that they know well this is the way that i go and so knowing that we've got to put the arrows toward the word of god we've got to point people down the right path and Paul's saying here, forgive me for this wrong. In other words, it's kind of like saying, if I'm making you look bad by not taking anything from you, please forgive me for that. And I believe Paul was saying that out of a genuine heart. I believe Paul wanted the absolute best for them. How do I say that? Because he tells us in the next verse, verse 14, Behold, the third time I am ready to come to you, and I will not be burdensome to you. 
For I seek not yours, but you. For the children ought not to lay up for their parents, but the parents for the children. You know, if you're a parent and you have kids, or if you're a kid and you have parents, it is not the kid's job, the children's job, to buy clothes that they need or the shoes that they need. And it's definitely not the children's job to buy clothes and food for their parents. It's not the children's job to work and provide a home for the parents. No, like the Apostle Paul says, it's the other way around. It is the parent's job to lay up, to provide the daily essentials for their children. Now, it'd be real easy to take this verse out of context and say, you know what? It's talking about leaving things of monetary money or land or property or houses or homes. And all those are great things that if you can leave your children, amen, glory to God, hallelujah. If God has gifted you with that, hey, the Bible even talks about that a good man will leave an inheritance to his children's children. But in this verse, in this context, it is not talking about monetary things. It is not talking about homes or houses or cars or money. It is talking about spiritual things. But he's using something physical to demonstrate something spiritual. And he's using that thing of as a, it's a parent's job to provide for the children. It is definitely not the other way around. And Paul is putting himself in the position of a parent over the believers at Corinth, over the church at Corinth, and saying, it is my job to provide for your daily needs, for your daily food, for the clothes that you need for the day, for the food that you need for the day, for whatever it is you need to make it through the day like a parent would. They would go out of their way, even to their own hurt and their own harm, to make sure that that child got everything that they needed. If they had to work overtime, they had to work all night, if they had to give up something, if they had to wear raggedy shoes for a long time so their kid could have new shoes, that's what a good parent will do. And that's what Paul is saying here. I'm not taking any money from you. I don't want anything uh, from you. I am trying to be a parent. I am trying to lay up spiritual things for you. Why? Because that is my job. And it's, let me just say, if you're a parent or a pastor or a preacher, or an evangelist, or a missionary, or in any type of ministry, or you're just a faithful church member with a job and you have a family. You are supposed to do those things. Yes, do you love those people? Sure you do. But you're not doing it for them. You're really doing it for the Lord. You're doing it out of the love in your heart that you have for the Lord Jesus Christ because you know that God loves them just as much as He loves you. And that's what God has called you to do. And God expects you, listen to me, God expects you to be faithful to the calling that he has put upon your life. He expects that out of you. He wants that from you. But there's something that we have that is so sacred that God himself will not touch it. And that is our own free will. Each and every day, I, Michael Sadler, has to pick up God's will and apply it to my life. Because it is so easy to get up and go through the day. You don't have to consult God about what you're going to have for breakfast, how fast you're going to drive to work, what decisions you're going to make, what you're going to wear, what shoes you're going to put on. You don't have to consult God about any of those things. And you can go through the motions of life real fast and not talk to God, not seek the face of God. But it's my job and it's your job and it's your responsibility each and every day to pick up God's word, to read it, to apply it. To meditate upon it, as the Bible says. To pray about it 
Ask God what and where and when will you have me do this today? It is a personal responsibility. Just like a parent has a personal responsibility to take care of that child. That is exactly the analogy that Paul is using here. As a parent, as a loving parent, I love you. And let me just say, it's not always easy being a parent. Just as Paul is saying here, you know, if you really love your child and they do something wrong, you'll have to punish them for it. Why? Because you're angry at them? Because they made you look bad? Because they hurt your feelings? No, you're doing it out of the love in your heart for that child because you want the absolute best for them, even to your hurt. Even though it would hurt you to have to spank them or to get on to them or to put them in their place or to set them straight. But you know it is the best thing you can do as a parent. That is exactly what Paul is talking about here. I don't think Paul had no pleasure in getting on them, on setting them straight, on saying, I'm going to have to get on to you. Paul had no pleasure in that. But you know what he did have pleasure in? When he seen them living right. When he seen them doing right. When he seen them acting right. When he seen them serving the Lord and putting God first in their life. I believe that brought great joy in the Apostle Paul's life. Just as it brings joy in Jesus' life. He, he wants a relationship with you and it listen to me everything in your life will flow out of that relationship the way you are at work the kind of boss that you are uh, the way the kind of husband that you are the kind of wife that you are the kind of parent that you are the kind of church member that you are everything that you are will flow out of that relationship that you have with the lord of jesus christ i know the further i drift away from god the worse that my attitude will be but I know that the closer that I draw to God, the more patience, the more loving, the more kindness I will have in my heart. And listen to me. You're not different. You're not special. You're the exact same way. Why? Because we're human beings. And so Paul is saying, as a parent here, I want the absolute best for you. Look at me now in verse 15. And I will very gladly spend and be spent for you. Though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. Paul says, I will be spent for you. I will sacrifice everything for you because I love you. I abundantly, I love you. Paul definitely loved them a lot more than those false teachers did who were in their midst but yet he says, the more that I love you, the more that I sacrifice, the more that I be spent for you, the less that I am loved, am loved. And that is a tough situation to be in. Because just like a parent, you want your kids to love you back. If you do something great and good for them, you want a hug or a thank you or I love you. They may not do that when you correct them. They may not do that when you spank their behind. They may not do that when you take something from them. They may not do that when you put them in time out. But you know that is best for them. But even then, you still want that return affection from your child. If you're showing them all the love, all the sacrifice that you can possibly show, that I will do whatever it takes to be a good parent. And I will love you to my hurt. I will be spent for you. I will love you abundantly and beyond. And you don't get that nothing in return. Paul says, the more abundantly I love you, the less 
I be loved. Don't you know that hurt Paul? Well, sure it did. He worked hard. He poured his life into those people at Corinth. And I tell you, when you pour your life into somebody, not you, you can give somebody $5 and walk away. And whatever they do, will not, it won't affect you hardly. Or you can give them something and turn your back and leave. But when you invest in a person's life, you go out of your way to spend time with them, to point them down the right direction, to give them good godly advice, to, to spend good quality time with them. When you do that and you invest yourself and pour yourself into their life and you love them, but you get nothing in return. As a matter of fact, they love you less for it. Don't you know that would hurt? And that's exactly what Paul is saying here. The more abundantly I love you, the less that I be loved. Why? Because we don't like to be set straight. Let's be honest. We don't like to be set straight. No, we want people telling us what to do. Who's this guy telling us we need to get right, act right, and get this out of our life? But it's good for us. It's the best for us. Paul says in verse 16, But be it so, I did not burden you. Nevertheless, being crafty, I caught you with guile. Did I make a gain of you by any of them whom I sent unto you? See, Paul had sent Timothy and Titus there. And I believe that these false teachers were accused and say, well, Yeah, Paul's not taking money from you, but he's sending somebody here to get the money for himself and take it back to him. But he tells them here, Did I make a gain of you by any of them whom I sent? unto you paul's just flat out setting them straight saying that's not happening i'm not doing that i don't want anything from you the only thing i want from you is for you to give your heart to the lord jesus christ and can i just say that's what every and any good biblical preacher wants if you give something to our ministry amen glory to god but the first and foremost thing that i want you to give is yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what a good preacher, that's what a good pastor, that's what a good Bible teacher, that's what a good evangelist will do. If you give something in return to help the ministry, glory to God. If you don't, oh well. We're not doing it for the money. And that's exactly what Paul is saying here. He's not asking for like, like some would say, sow a seed of a certain amount. No. No, you, you sow the seed of your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll get more in return than you could ever imagine, than you could ever dream of. He says in verse 18, I desired Titus and with him I sent a brother. Did Titus make a gain of you? Walked we not in the same spirit? Walked we not in the same steps? Now maybe he's talking about a couple different things here. Maybe Titus, as he walked in the same steps, you know, Paul was a tent maker. He worked. He made money on his own. He had a craft. Maybe Titus did some of that. Maybe that's what he's uh, talking about. We walked in the same steps. But it could be he speaks of the inward leading of the Spirit and the outward evidence of that leading. Because whatever is leading you on the inside will shine through on the outside. Why? Because that's what you're following. And the Bible even says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Whatever you say is coming out of your heart. Do you have the wrong things coming out of your mouth? It's because there's something wrong in the heart that you need to get right. 
there's something in there that you're not totally giving over to God. And you go, well, I just don't know. I just can't do it. Well, maybe there's something that you or yourself don't even realize that you haven't turned over to the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe it's the control in your life. Maybe it's the trust in your life. Maybe it's the confidence in your life. Whatever it is, there maybe there's something that happened in the past that you have not opened your heart up and let God in and let Him handle that. I'm not talking about putting your trust in your marriage or your spouse. I'm talking about you putting your total trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and opening your heart up to them because it's out of that that a good marriage will flow, a good wife will come, a good husband will come. It's out of that relationship. So when you open your heart up completely to the Lord, God will take care of that for you. Verse 19, he says again that ye think ye that we excuse ourselves unto you. We speak before God in Christ, but we do all things dearly beloved for your edifying. Paul says here we speak before God in Christ. We do all things dearly beloved, but it's all for you. It's all for your benefit. It's all for edifying you. What an amazing thing. Paul, he, he wanted to strengthen them in the Christian life. And he wanted to warn them against the perils and the false teachers and the wrongful things that they were facing. Listen to me. He was more, Paul was more interested in helping them than in defending his own reputation. That's something, isn't it? Paul was more interested in helping this church, these Christians, than he was worried. He wasn't even worried about his reputation. And can I just say, when you put down your reputation and what people think of you, then you are truly and totally free to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Because people are going to think what they want to think. But when you're sold out for Jesus, you don't have to worry about that. You're serving Him. You're doing it for Him and not for them. But if they're saved, they'll come around. They'll see it. They'll see that you're really sold out to the Lord. Verse 20, For I fear lest when I come I shall not find you such as I would, and that I would be found unto you such as ye would not lest there be debates, envyings, wrath, strifes, backbitings, whispers, swelling, tumults. Paul didn't want to find any of those things. He said, Lest I fear when I come. In other words, all those things he's telling them, you need to get right, you need to get this right. He said, I'm fearful. If you don't, then when I come, I'll find all these envyings and wraths and strifes and backbiting and whispering and tumults. And verse 21, and lest when I come again, my God will humble me among you, that I shall be well many which have sinned already and have not repented of the uncleanness and fornication and lasciviousness which they have committed. I like what Paul says, when I come again, my God will humble me among you. We don't like to humble ourselves, but it is certainly the best thing for us. But Paul's saying here, please get this right, because if I have to come to you, if I have to get on to you, if I have to point these things out, it's not going to be good. It's much better. It's much, much better if you get your heart right with the Lord. Then if you're saved, because if you're saved, God's only going to let you go so far before he grabs a hold of you and puts it on you to drive you back to him. Or before he digs that thorn in the flesh a little deeper to make you drive yourself back to him. It is much better to get yourself right 
then God have to come and intervene like he would have sent Paul amongst our men and he would have found these bad things. It is much easier. It is much better for you. Listen to me. And you have the power and the ability to do that. How do you do it? Put down your pride and pick up the humbleness of the Lord Jesus Christ and put him first in your life. Apply the word of God in your life and you can do it. Put down yourself and pick up the Lord Jesus Christ and his will for your life. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.